Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky. Welcome to the Sunday session where we'll go through all the results for round 5 in the Telstra Premiership. An interesting, an interesting round guys. Um... It's going to be one of those ones where, you know, after the carve-ups of last week, we thought we'd get some closer matchups, which we definitely did. We still get some blowouts. Uh, we definitely got some close matches. And some of the premiership contenders that we thought slipped up, some of the teams that, you know, we were kind of thinking what's going to happen with their season turned a bit of a corner, they could say. So it's an interesting light. We'll jump straight into it. The first game on Thursday, the South Sydney Rabbitohs 35 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 6. In this one, the Bunnies did what they needed to do. They'd never really got out of third gear, I'd say, on this one. You know, Benji Marshall came in for the suspended Cody Walker and played his hand pretty well. Latrell Mitchell just going up in ranks in terms of the best fullbacks in the comp. His touch and his movement at the moment is just going to another level. I am interested to see whether this Adam Reynolds saga does come to a close. You know, I'd love to see this Rabbits team with no storylines around them. You can definitely tell that in there's some moments in the game where Adam Reynolds... I don't know if he's doing too much or he's, you know, trying to show his hand, but, you know, he's a terrific footballer and, you know, the way that this Rabbits team is performing this season, you know, to have something like this over their heads, I'm, I'm really surprised that they're really digging their feet in. You know, they've, they've obviously got their young guys that they're really looking forward to for the future and they think that's the, the storyline there, but you look at a game like this, you know, they put 35 on the hapless Broncos, didn't really, like I said, kick out a third gear, I'd say. Um, their defense is really solid. Their attack, you know, you can switch out a player of Cody Walker's caliber to bring in Benji Marshall. It's just really impressive to watch. And, you know, some of the players that haven't really been performing in this team, you know, Demi Cook's had his moments in his games. A guy like Campbell Graham, who many expected to be the best center coming into the season. There's a lot of things this, this Rabbit team is slowly starting to ramp up on, so it's really exciting to see them play. Um, and, you know, obviously Cody Walker's going to come back. Their forward pack has been, you know, healthy now. Tom Burgess, Totola running forward with the arrow coming off the bench. Um, still really interested to see, you know, you had Kulamatungi out this game. Jacob Host had a really good game. But they're they're really not wanting to put Cam Murray or Joe Arrow on the edge. Um, probably better for both of them. They do play their best footy through the middle. So from a Rabbits, again, if you're a Rabbits supporter, you're more than happy with that performance, you know, 35, you're only only let in the one try, um, so not much as they else from a Rabbits side, from a Brisbane side, look, you know, you know, it's just really tough to kind of get a gauge on them, you know, they're getting good performances from some individual guys, like Payne Haas, two weeks in a row, has really tried his heart out, Matt Lodge, you know, started the game really shakily. Um, I liked Pengai starting at lock, but he only had, you know, very limited minutes. He missed a lot of the game where the game got away uh, from them, you know, towards the end of the first half and the start of the second half. So, Kevy's obviously got got his ideas of how the rotation should be. Pat Carrigan will come in here. The one I will mention that I have kind of watched, uh, just being in a lot of my classic side and fantasy sides, is Jordan Rickey. Um, you know, with the ball... They're not getting him into a lot of space. I think a lot of the outside defense from other teams are really noticing GM up on him and, you know, don't give him much as much space. So that's obviously tempered his attacking prowess a little bit. In defense, he's still got the odd miss in him. Um, and, you know, depending on the halves, what we'll talk about in a second, you know, it's just you've got to have a bit of consistency there. Obviously, Alex Glenn on the other side doesn't really give you that. He's just more of a, uh, you know, plug and play. He's going to do his defense. But, you know, on that other side, they really do need a bit of a game-breaking ability from Ricky. So be interesting to see how they kind of utilize him. They're playing him 80 minutes at the moment. 
whether they need to give him a little bit of a spell, maybe even start him off the bench and then play him 60 straight. I, I don't know what it is, but I have noticed the last couple of weeks a lot of teams have really starting to aim up to how he does like to attack the ball. So, one to watch there. But with the halves, again, a lot of criticism in this game is going to be about Anthony Milford. Uh, Brody Croft being on the bench, I think, doesn't help anyone in this team. Again, this season, whatever you have this season, I don't think you're going to have to bring in someone else and play Dearden with someone else. I think you just got to ride it with Milford. Again, there's moments in the games where Milford is really good. Jermaine Asako, fullback, is really, really becoming really interesting to me. I didn't think he added in him to be the... I thought Tessie knew by this stage would be the fullback. Uh, but again, you know, they're playing without a player like Katoni Staggs, who's probably the best attacking player. And they're still, you know, again, after, you know, 20 minutes, this game was 12-6. It, like I said, the Rabbits never really got it out of the out of the top gear here, but Brisbane was playing consistently. But they just, as soon as they put their heads down, it's it's really worrying to see. And Kevin Water's going to make some decisions now, whether that's dropping... And again... It's not that I'm against dropping Anthony Milford if he's out of form, but you just kind of look and say, who else is there to fill the void? You know, if one of your fours, like a Matt Lodge, isn't playing well, you've obviously got other fours that can come in. If a back isn't playing well, you can, you can bring in a Corey Oates in. But to me, if you're bringing out one of your primary playmakers and you're not going to replace him with someone of the same caliber, I, I, don't, I don't see the play there. So to Brisbane, you know, they've got a very hard draw coming up, which is um, going to be very interesting. We'll talk about it a bit more in uh, our next TLT show, but... If you're a Brisbane fan, you know, there was a couple of games that you had to start the season here that you kind of needed to sneak a couple more wins than they did. They haven't. So, quickly just going through it. Now, again, it's been a it's been a brutal draw already, but it doesn't get any easier. So, you've got the Panthers next week, the Eels the week after, the Titans again. Then you get into, so from round nine, you've got the Cowboys and Manly, then you back up straight into the Roosters and Storm again. So, look, it's a tough draw. Kevy's got Kevy's up against it. Like I said before the start of the season, this was all about just the maturing of some players, work out what you've got, and plan for next season. So I think takeaways from this game, the Rabbits did what they need to do. They're starting to find some some form in some players that, you know, really need to start firing for them. They need to start bagging the wins before Origin. They're going to have quite a few players out. So Rabbits did what they need to do. Brisbane, obviously, still questions to be answered. But Kevy just needs to kind of work out what his team needs to be. You know, if some players aren't performing, and again, if you think Milford is the is the person to be dropped and Milford comes in, so be it. But uh, he just needs to obviously draw a line in the sand there. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, the first Friday game, it was at the Central Coast. The New Zealand Warriors 12 def- were defeated by the Manly Sea Eagles 13 in their first win of the season. Really happy to see Manly get up here. Uh, watching the game, it was a bit of a back and forth affair, trading tries. Um, as soon as one try score, one team would score a try, the other team would come back straight away. And I think the, my main takeaway here is, Anna Fanua Blake is going to be a huge loss. If the reports are he's gone until at least around 20, uh, and possibly the season, it's huge. They're, they're middle. Obviously, they had a couple of suspensions with Afoa and Tanua Brown, but you know AFB in those first four rounds really showed his class as one of the premier forwards in the game. So, huge loss there. Really impressed by Sean O'Sullivan coming in replacing Harris David, who I thought would be the team MVP. So, look, there's still signs there. You know, they're, they're down to, they obviously got a couple of centers out. They got their best forward out, a couple of forwards suspended. Your planned backup hooker before the season is out. Your heart back of the season is out. So, obviously, there's there's a lot of uh, excuses built in there for Nathan Brown. But I think he's holding that team pretty well accountable. Obviously, he's still not playing at home in New Zealand. There's a lot of things that, that could go wrong for this team. But I'm hoping that they can just stick firm 
And again, if they can get back into New Zealand by midway through the season, they can, you know, be around that 5-5, five and 6-6 five, six and six mark by then. Then I think that's definitely what they can do. They can make an elite season push when they get suck in to Harris David and some players back. From a Manly perspective, much improved. Again, this is a team that's really down on troops. Uh, Jack Ujewski looks like he's going to be out for the season. And Dylan Edwards looks like he copped a nasty hamstring injury. Hopefully for them, Tom Travoyevich is back next week. But you just look at this. To me, Josh Schuster is going to be a revelation this year. I thought he should be the six, But it looks like in the back row, he's making a, his own. He's a big boy. Got that ball-playing ability like a Ryan Madison on an edge. That's the comparison I'm really starting to see there. So I'm really enjoying that. Jason Saab getting his first try. I think it was really important. He was down on form after the first month of the season. And obviously, Hoy Tafua coming back from his injury. But again, I, I like to see that. Cherry Evans really stood up. Obviously kicked the game-winning field goal here. This a Des Hasler side wasn't going to get near the spoon to me. Even if they had all the injuries and all the... This is still a well-coached side. Again, I didn't really agree with a lot of things, how he was doing, playing the Dylan Walker at fullback. Taking so long to get a guy like Morgan Harper, who didn't play great, but it was just a it was a different version. Every time Morgan Harper got the ball, he looked to create something. He wasn't just doing the odd tackle and take the hit up. So these are the things I like to see. You know, Curtis Sirenin should be back in the next two weeks. So you'll have Sirenin, Trojevich, two of your top six players come back into this side. There's room for growth here with Manly. If they can make Lord of Land a bit of a fortress here and start to get some players back. You know, they're, they're still shuffling around their forward rotation. Power came off the bench in this game, allowed Alloway to start. I still kind of want to see this team really start to get acclimatized to how they need to play. In Origin this year, I'm really hoping if Tom Dravojevic comes back, he does not get picked for Origin. I hope Freddie doesn't pick him. Just want to see him play with Manly. Now, you'll have D- Daly Cherry will probably pick off and play for Queensland. I would like to see then Shaw to move into the six, or even Cade Cuss move into the six. Um, again, this team is a shorter hooker to me. If they had a hooker, maybe one more forward. I'd like to see how this team goes. But again, I picked them eighth before the season at full strength. I still think, you know, there were signs in this game, still short-handed. A Des Hesler coach side. There's still chances here. So my takeaway for this game is both of these teams should be scrapping for the eight by end of the season. I think the you obviously got com- contrasting problems here. Both sides got injury concerns. The Warriors not being at home. Manly you know, being very, very depleted in terms of their, after their their top six, their their talent roster is depleted. A lot of their squad players have got injured and are out now. So again, it's all about keeping momentum. And the, the one thing I always harp back on, you'll hear me say it multiple times throughout the podcast, if you're a team in the bottom eight, you've got to beat other bottom eight teams. So mainly we're able to get one here. It's going to be good for them to try and move forward here. Quickly just going to have a look at their draw to see where they've got because again but both these sides but especially Manly does intrigue me moving forward um, so just bring it up now here but if they can string a couple of wins here especially with Tom Travojevic back um, it's going to bode well for them because to me Turbo again I've said it in multiple podcasts I don't think he's going to come in and mask the problems that are there but he would definitely help them so we have a look here so they got uh, Manly versus the Titans next week in Mudgee so it's a neutral ground then you've got the Tigers, the Panthers again, which is a hard one. But then you back up again to the Warriors, the Broncos, and then Parramatta. So look, there, there's some winnable games in there. So if they can get to round 10, which is that Bronco game, and they can, you know, squeeze another three victories in there. And, you know, they get their four and six, and they, you know, Turbo's now back, and he's looking good. There's a chance to make a late season push there. So both these teams, you know, obviously Warriors got the loss, but 
I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was the Warriors and Manly. Obviously, you got your first win of the season. You're off the spoon and things looking good there. Move on to the second Friday game. Build as the game of the season so far. The Penrith Panthers 30 defeated the Canberra Raiders 10 at the Panthers Stadium. This was a shock. I thought the, the Raiders would put a bit more of a fight here. I think the loss of Charles Nickel Clockside in this game was huge. He drives a lot of runs through the back. He sets up well. He's always there in support. The Panthers just jumped them. And this is a team that's just looking in high, high form. Their confidence level, their swagger levels are off the roof. You know, a lot of people calling them. They're very uh, selfish. They're very arrogant. All those things. You can say that about a lot of teams in the comp. Uh, but to me, this is just a well-coached side. It's a side playing with a lot of confidence. And it's a side that loves playing with each other. I think that's the biggest thing, you know. To me, it's just a side that really, when they get on the front foot, they try and go for the throat straight away, which I really do enjoy. I, I enjoy a team that, you know, when they sense that something's gone wrong. So you look at this game, Staines crosses over in the 26th minute, and then Burton and Luai just before halftime. So they capitalize that one try. They turn it into uh, two more, get into the break. And again, the Raiders in the first bit of this game really did jump the the Panther side here. I was really impressed in that first 15 or so minutes. Uh, but again, it, it kind of turned when Jared Kroger couldn't put the ball down to make it 12-0. Chance gets injured. The Panthers roll. And the Panthers aren't even... Like, there's some certain players in this side that aren't even playing that great. You look at that fort, the second forward spot opposite Fisher-Harris in Leota and Lanou. Both these guys aren't playing that well. No one is really... I think the Pan- Ivan Cleary is really waiting for one of these forwards to really put their foot down and say, pick me as the middle forward going forward every week to play 50 minutes. Neither of them are doing it. Uh, you look at a guy like Lee Martin coming off the bench. He might be an option, you know. It sounds crazy, but he might be a number eight in a couple of weeks if, not, if none of these guys really stand up. I like Leota and Lanou coming off the coming off the bench, off the back foot, and really trying to charge through. I, I don't mind Lee Martin starting there, so that might be one to watch. Again, this is a Panther side with no Apicorosau. Mitch Kenny's just doing his job as, you know, a reserve hooker at that he is. But you add a guy like Corusau into the side, and you add, you know, Stephen Crichton had a pretty pretty much of a shocker of a game at fullback. A couple of loose areas in his positioning was not great at the start of this game. Put a guy like Dylan Edwards, probably the most underrated fullback in the comp, put Crichton back onto his edge, and all of a sudden Matt Burton becomes a luxury, you know, put him at 14. Uh, instead of Tyra May or, you know, in Origin, you can put him in there. It's just, a, it's such a well-coached side. It's a side that has a lot of depth. And it's just a side that, that Panther Stadium is looking like a bit of a fortress at the moment. They've been the last three weeks at home. Uh, so this this Raider side, there's not much to say, this Panther side, sorry, there's not much to say about it. They're just one of the form sides. Cleary, you know, by all said and done, might be the daily end at the end of the season. Jerome Luai is just, if it, there was a the most improved player, like in the NBA. Uh, to me, it's Jerome Luai. He's just taking his... His uh, performance is up to the next level. He's just really stepping up when this Panthers team really wants to move forward. And again, this is a side when they're, when they're going for the kill, they don't miss. So really, really impressive. From a Raiders side, again, you, that first 20 minutes, it was a real battle. You were getting the upper hand there. The loss of Charles Nickel Clocks that really shows this team. This is a team... I would I, I know they got a lot of forwards and they got Tom Starling. This is a team I would love for them to carry like a Will Hopewa uh, an Albert Hopewadi or a Caleb Aikens on the bench. I really would like them to keep a back on the bench. Uh, and a lot of their forwards can play big minutes. So I wouldn't even mind playing, you know, their their back their back th- uh, row of Whitehead of Hudson Young 
and Tarpany could all play 80. So I wouldn't even mind playing the two props or a prop and an edge on the bench, playing Starling on the bench and then having a back because this is a team, uh, when they do get an injury like that, they do have to start shuffling and putting like a white head in the centers, you know, a Rapana, a fullback, and then moving some changes around. So an interesting one. I don't think Sticky will do it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind putting one of those uh, versatile utilities on the on the bench and just having them there, just a break break glass in case of emergency. Because you know, in this game, if they you know had an Alba Hopper wide in the bench and he moved straight back in the fullback, all of a sudden I think you know obviously he's no he's not near like a chance, but it's hindsight by me. But again, I think a lot of these teams are starting to work out now. If you've got some big forward middles that you know can do some big minutes, it might not be the worst thing to have uh, a back on the bench. And I'll, we'll see in the in the Storm game come up in a bit. I think they've started to really think about that, and I think it's going to be a very good thing for them moving forward. But again, my takeaways from this one, the Panthers are going to roll. Like I thought, top two, probably might even get the minor premiership again this season. And the Raiders, you know, you kind of have to throw this game away just because of the, the chance injury here. But again, it's something that they're going to have to think about uh, how they start attacking this team because this Panthers four-pack really did roll them for the last 60 minutes of this game. So it'll be very interesting there. We'll move on to the next game. It's the first Saturday game. The Gold Coast Titans, 42, smashing the Newcastle Knights, 16. I guess the it started in the first minute. Kevin Proctor strolling over. To me, this is just a Newcastle side is down on troops. You just look at the number of injuries and you know players playing out of position for this side. It's incredible um, the amount of talent that they currently got out. You know, Edric Lee, Mitch Pearce, uh, Kurt Mann. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Jacob Saifidi, just a lot of players um, that aren't playing. Bradman Best didn't play. So, you know, Blake Green, who's starting his first game in nearly a year. You've got Connor Watson, who's played Interchange, who's played Locke, who's played 5-8. So, a lot of moving pieces. Callum Pongley's first game back of the season. It was never really going to bode well, especially with the Titans up there. Looks like they're going to make the Gold Coast a little bit of a fortress of their own. But this game, you can't go past David Fafita. I think, to me, the most impressive thing is... I noticed when he was playing at the Broncos, the Broncos would kind of just throw the ball and say, make something happen, David. Like, get us out of this hole if we're down by 10 or whatever it was. The Titans is playing a lot smarter for Fafita. You know, they're not asking him to take a hit up every set, but the way I, I, I could imagine that Justin Holbrook is teaching him is just go run at the small half. Get that one-on-one matchup, you know, get the halves to hold up the ball for him. Get some nice lead runs on the outside, out the back. And Fafita's just smashing it. Some of the way he's run over, like you look at the last couple of weeks, kept running over Milford. In this game, got Connor Watson a couple of times. You know, Caelan Pongo have no chance. To me, he's the most improved forward in the game. He's, again, taking his, like uh, Jerome Lewis, taking his game to another level. And, you know, it's crazy the way that he's just really, really stepping it up. And this is the extract that the Titans have on an edge, you know. Because I don't think they're going to fall down many times this season. So if they're playing, you know, a pretty even or in front game, and they can just say for to pick your spots and kind of battle it for us, it's just really impressive. The Titans forward pack as a whole, you know, Jared Wallace, Tino, Jamin Joloff off the bench, Sam Lasone off the bench. It's just a well-oiled machine, and I'm really starting to like. Before the season, I thought the hooker position would be their their downfall. I still think in a big game, it'll be the glaring position they'll be probably short on compared to a couple of other teams. But the Mitch Ray and Aaron Clark combination is working really well. I'm really liking Aaron Clark. Um, another player that I think is playing himself in a bit of money here. Could get a starting spot in a lot of teams. Uh, you look at someone like a Manly or a Bulldogs, you know, he could probably start there pretty pretty comfortably there. But, you know, even some of their 
you look at some of the outside backs that they've recruited the last couple of seasons, Patrick Herbert, Corey Thompson crossed over for four tries in this game. To me, it's just one of those ones, you know, Kevin Proctor, off-season before and the last, you know, a great decision to bring him back. This team is not even firing with AJ Brimson. AJ Brimson has not had a great game this season. And the fact that they're doing this all without probably their second or third best player really firing, it's just a really, really good sign for them. So from a Titan side, they're just looking very well coached. Their forward pack is getting him on the front foot. Their halves in Fogarty and Taylor are just doing what they need to do. Another player that's really great is Tyron Peachy. I think he's making that 13 jersey his own. I thought before the season, Tino would make that 13 jersey his. But to me, Tino is now now prop when you look at it. He's just playing. He casts the ball up well. He can get an offload in there. He's got a bit of shifty footwork before the line. Whereas Tyron Peachy, to me, ball in hand is just one of the most explosive plays in the game. He can drift across field. He can stick his nose through the defensive line. He gives you a little bit of a rattly, a bit of a bit of a Murray. You know, he's obviously a bit smaller than those guys, but to me, the agile and quickness around the ruck just causing a lot of teams problems. So this Titans team, you know, they're doing a lot better than I thought they would at the start. You know, they got off to that rough start against the the Warriors, and everyone kind of questioned them. They lost against the Raiders last week, but then their victories are just blowing teams out of the water. So that again. Good teams should blow out bad teams. And that's what they're doing right now. They're getting the wins they need to get. They're building some momentum. And by the end of the season, they're going to be in a really, really good position. The Knights, on the other hand, they're just going to start getting some players back. Hopefully, Edric Lee and Bradman Best looks like there may be a chance for next week. If it's given the week after, Jacob Saifidi not long after that. So, look, they're going to get some players back here. But again, it's just a lot of... They got stripped very easy when they were when the Titans were moving, shifting the ball wide. Um, and they're not even like when you look at the the best teams who shift the ball and you know get movement. They're not one of the best ones. It's just the Knights just really need to aim up here. I think uh, O'Brien's got a really big couple of decisions to make. Uh, you know, does a guy like Shibasaki stay in the team? Do they put Barnett back in the thirteen and leave him there? Do, where does how does when Kurt Mann comes back? Where do they put Watson? Can be a couple. And you know, to me, Jaden Brody has been really good this season. But they start really need to think about with this injury toll. Do they start need to bring him off and, you know, give him some 60, 65 minute games here just throughout the season to kind of pace him through um, and see how he goes there. Chris Randall obviously got injured in this game, so they're down another hooker. But it's going to be very interesting to see how, how they go forward. I guess my takeaways from this game, the Titans are rolling. Want to see them against another quality side here. They've got Manly next week who they should put to the sword again if they've been doing it this way. Get a couple of big games coming up soon. Try and get some, some wins there with the Knights. Uh, just, yeah, try and, yeah, it's got to try and squeeze some victories here. They've obviously now lost a couple of really heartbreaking games, lost to the Tigers, which in hindsight is looking like a terrible, terrible loss, lost to the Dragons, that's looking okay, and getting smashed by the Tigers. They've got to, they've got to round, they've got to bring it around here, try and, try and get some victories back in. Moving to the second Saturday game, it's the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs uh, 18, defeated by the Melbourne Storm 52 at Stadium Australia. This one, you know, the, the I guess positives of the top Bulldogs show, right? They were scored points. They got 18 points, which I did not think they were going to get close to in this game. But to me, this is just the Melbourne Storm show. Um, this week, it wasn't even really the Ryan Pappenhausen show. It was a mixture, you know. The half played well in Munster and Hughes. Um, Harry Grant obviously came on. You had Brent Smith, who didn't really... He, he, he had some sickness, so he didn't play the full game. The forwards in this game, Christian Welch and Kamakamika, looking outstanding. 
Um, Jesse Bromwich, obviously, taking, you know, not a backseat, but, you know, what you can definitely tell in these games when Melbourne's really wanting to put the foot on the throat and really go for, go for the power. They're going the Welch and Kamakamika route, you know. Then you got the uh, Jesse Kenny Bromwich and Felice Cafusi on an edge. You got Nass rolling through the middle. It's just a really, really well-oiled machine. And some of the pieces, you know, the starter really trying to work out a car into this with some of the kicking game, trying to get him uh, with the defense turned around. I'm liking that. Obviously, Pappenhausen missed one of the kicks, but then Munster laid it on beautifully for Adokar to stroll over. A guy like George Jennings, much maligned, you know, came from my Parramatta Eels. Um, he went over the Warriors, filled in there. He's come down to Melbourne. He's making that spot now. Obviously, when Brenko, which it looks like next week, he's going to be back. He'll be the first one to drop out. But in origin period, when Adokar goes, you've got a ready-made replacement in George Jennings. So I'm really liking their recruitment. Rima Smith, George Jennings, they've come down. They're playing a role. Now, going back to my uh, conversation about the bench, this team really does the bench well. Um, again, it's, it's, a, it's a team that their their players can play a lot of minutes. This is a team without Dale Finucane in the forward pack, who, again, is another guy who can push out big minutes, but you just look at the bench, you know, you had Harry Grant, you had Nico Hines, you had uh, Tom Eisenhuth, and you had uh, Nelson, Asafa Solomona. So again, it's it's a really, and they didn't, they don't really, Nico Hines played nine minutes, uh, Nelson only played uh, 40, because obviously he had the, the sin bin there, Tom only played 30. So when you look at their forward pack, you know, Jesse played 43, Walsh played 50, Kafusio and Ken played 80 each. They just roll through very, very nicely. they got nice combinations. It's a well-oiled machine. There's not much else to say about this game. You know, the Bulldogs, they were never going to keep this game close, in my opinion. The defense of the Bulldogs was not going to keep up with this. When, when Melbourne's clicking like they are this season, they're just getting some some great go-forward from when they're trapped in their own half. Pappenhausen, those first three tackles, is always sniffing around the ball. You've got Remus, you've got Adokar, uh, you've got Olam, who just wants to punch out the ball out of their own end. It's just a, it's a great, great team to watch. You know, if, if you've got a fan who you're trying to bring into the NRL and say, you know, who, who do we want to watch on the week, just let them watch either the Panthers or Melbourne at the moment because they're just playing some great footy. Again, so going back to the Bulldogs side, yes, they think Jake Avrilo came back, um, had a great game. So, Set up a couple, set up a try, scored another one. He looked threatening compared to Kyle Flanagan. Luke Thompson, like I thought he would, made a huge difference to the forward pack. Looks like he's picked up an injury though, so hopefully not too long out there. We get some news on that later this week. Um, but when you start to get some players in there, when you start to get some good players, Avril and Thompson back in, you start to see some results. So again, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they move forward. Um, I just... I just want to see continual improvements from the Doggies. Again, before the season, I had them as a team that was going to slowly climb up the ladder. They weren't going to be in that bottom three. They want to slowly get out of there. They're still without a win. They're the only team now without a win. So the, we, we know that they traditionally finish the season very well. You know, they'll win four of the last six and they'll make everyone think about the next season. They're going to be really good. But to me, it's all about now. You know, that they, they lost their chance of getting Matt Burton early. The failed trade of Dylan Napa for Matt Burton that they rejected. Now they've re- that they've accepted, but the Panthers are now rejected. So they've missed their chance for this season in terms of getting Matt Burton over. But they needed to string a couple of wins. So 
they're not going to beat the Storm and the Roosters and the Panthers. But again, some of the teams down the bottom, like I said, you've got to steal victories where you can. So it'll be interesting to see from there. That's, I guess, my takeaway from the Bulldogs. For Melbourne, keep doing what they're doing. I think they're, they're not going to, you know, it's not going to surprise me in two weeks if they say Rob Pappenhausen's going to be rested because he's got a, a cork or something. You know, they're going to be very, very careful with this team. Um, they've got a lot of depth in this team, the forwards and the back. So again, it's just one of those ones where the good teams do the good team things. They get the wins where they need to get them. And they do it convincingly. Move on to the last Saturday game. It was the Sydney Roosters 26 defeating the Cronulla Sharks 18. In, in my opinion, the game of the round. Uh, I said it before the, before the round started. This was my upset of the week. If I had to pick one, I thought the Sharks would come in there firing. They jumped them very early. They got up They got up 10-0. Um, great, great playing by Will Kennedy. Still in great form. You know, Chad Townsend still steering that team around very well. Matt Moylan. Um, but, you know, where, how else can we not start this as the Sam Walker show? Three try assists and the game-winning try. He's just looking every bit of the stuff that we thought he was at 18 years old. It's ridiculous that he's only 18. This Brewster side, you know, they lost Freddie Lusick very early. The backup uh, looks like he's going to be suspended. So, again, they're going to be out without number nine because it looks like Sam Verrills is still at least another month away. Now, do they play Hutchison at 9? Do they move Radley into the 9? Do they go into the reserve and just pick anyone out? Do they think anyone can do the job here? Brett Morris still doing his thing. Another two tries. Ridiculously up to 11 tries already this season in five games. This Rooster side, you know, that night when they lost Kiri and Lamb in the same game, and I, I jumped on the podcast and I was talking to my mates in the pub when it happened, and I said, do we now put the line through the Roosters? I still don't think you can put the line through them, but the way that they're just fighting back in some of these games, you know, this was a bit of an onslaught. They scored four tries in the last two, 20 minutes to take the lead back and ice the game. I just think there's big game players, you know. James Tedesco didn't really put his fingerprints on this game. This game was all about, I think, to me, the half. I think Drew Hutchinson is showing that he is a more than capable replacement for Lachlan Lamb. Looks like Lamb's going to be back in probably six weeks, they're hoping, six to eight weeks. So I do suspect Lamb would walk straight back into the side, into the sixth jersey. Now, whether they put Hutchinson on the bench because they can be the fill-in for Verrills, or they can start Hutchinson at night and play Verrills off the bench like they did for Jake Friend until next season. they got options. And yes, they're running really, really short, you know. One more injury to the outside backs. Okay, Ikevalu comes in, then maybe one more. Then you're going to have to bring in uh, Joseph Swali. Look, Origins will be very, very telling for this Rooster side because you obviously got Tedesco. I don't think the Morris boys will get selected, so they're probably safe. Then you look at that forward pack, you know, Lindsay Collins, who was out in this game, who'll be picked for Queensland. Angus Crichton would probably get a run. I don't think Victor Riley will get a run this year. So they're only going to miss about three players, which is very un- very uncharacteristic for a Roosters team. So it'll be very interesting to see how they go there. But for the Sharks, this is house money. You know, your best player that before the season, Sean Johnson, is not there. So, just keep the momentum going to me. This is, you can still get a couple more wins. It looks like Sean's going to be back in about three weeks, around eight or nine, that looks like. If you can squeeze a couple more wins here, it's going to make it very, very interesting for the back end of the season. You know, Wade Graham had another HIA, he's, two, he's second in three weeks. Britton McCaw is going to be back next week from suspension. You know, it's just... Keep stringing some wins together. This is a, a team I thought would be in the bottom half. 
steal the wins against the bottom half teams, and then you know you come out against a rooster team like this at the SCG and you put a performance like that. Now I can't really go past mentioning the fact that it looks like Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be the coach of the Sharks next season. It looks like John Morris, who I did predict before the start of the season, would not finish the season as the Shark coach. I'm shocked. I came on last week and I said that he's done a great job for what he's been given. Uh, heard Sean Johnson on the Manny John show tonight. He's got full support of the boys in the locker room from the sounds of it. He's never had control of the playing group. He came in at a very difficult time when their coach got um, let go. To me, it's just a lot of, a lot of things that have happened. And he's, he's done it well. He's gotten to the finals. He's got this team performing ridiculously over this season. Um, so, look, he can hold his head high. He's going to get another job soon. Um, but to me, I guess the takeaways from this game, the Sydney Roosters are doing what they're doing. Sam Walker looks like a budding superstar. So happy that he gets to play with James Tedesco, a guy that can really take the pressure off Sam. Next week is the Roosters versus Storm, an absolute cracker of a game. We're going to definitely see uh, how legit this Roosters side is against a team like uh, the Melbourne Storm. For the Sharks, again, they're playing with house money to me, in my opinion. They're going to get Sean Johnson back. Will Kennedy's making himself a lot of money. I'm really hoping when Sean does come back that the, the option isn't to move Will Kennedy out of fullback. Now, what do you do with Matt Moylan? Maybe the 14. Does Chad play? I don't know what it is, but I just don't want to see Will Kennedy, who's played absolutely terrifically. I think he's easily been their best player this season. So just keep ticking along, obviously. This John Morris news might be very, very deflating for some of the book eyes, and it will make an impact on the team performance. But we'll just have to wait and see there. Moving on to the last two games. Two games that I've watched very, very closely today. So we'll start with the first one from Leichhardt Oval. The West Tigers 30 were defeated by the North Queensland Cowboys 34 in honestly the craziest game of the season. The two teams that I picked, that would be the Wooden Spoon battle. It, to me, back and forth. Cowboys getting absolutely up on them. The West Tigers coming back ridiculously scoring the fight, the four, the three tries in six minutes. Could have got another one, but it was uh, called back. To me, if you're a Tigers fan, the way you beat the Knights and you had all the momentum, you lost the power, then you've lost to the Cowboys. This is just... There's two teams I struggle with. You look at the Cowboys side, you know, you should be really happy if you're a Cowboys fan, but to me, the way you just easily let in this Tigers team, who didn't even play that well, really, to bring it back into the game... You know, I guess some positives first from both teams. I think Adam Dewey is just looking like the superstar that the Tigers thought they were getting when they brought him in from the Rabbits. I've never been the biggest Adam Dewey fan, but the way he does take the blind on, he's got a very nice kicking game. I do like what he does on the field. Dane Laurie, again, still looking like a superstar. Really want to see him start to develop a bit of ball-playing ability and really starting to pick his moments. It's a bit telling to me that, you know, he's very good at breaking tackles and stuff, but... Just got to get that instinct about when to do his runs. I think he does waste a lot of his energy on runs out of his own energy. He doesn't really need to do. He needs to really watch the Pappenhausen and the Guthos and the Teddies of the world. Only really touch the ball when you're in good positions that you can think you can get something on for your team. So that's one to monitor. You know, I did like the way that the left-hand side did come back after starting shockingly. Nofaluma, James Roberts, who we'll talk about in a second, um... Had a horrible start. Fido and Tualangi really got all over them. Um, but at the end of the game, they did kind of bring it back in the middle. And from a Cowboys, the positives. 
thought Ben Condon played really well while he was on the field. I really kind of want to see him get more minutes and get a bit more of a of a bit more of the ball, especially close to the line. I thought his crash over was really really nicely done. Scott Drinkwater, he's off he's off contract. Um, really played well this game. I think a bit more performances like that, he could easily be the six to partner a very nice number seven um, for the Cowboys next season. Vow, you know, he still does his things. I want to see him inject himself a little bit more into the game, especially at first receiver on last tackle. I want to see him get the ball. Um, you know, and obviously this is no Jason Tomlola, no Josh McGuire, so two leaders of your forward pack there. So look, th- there are some positives from both sides, but we'll go to the negatives now. From the Tigers, to me, James Roberts is not a first grader anymore. People holding out hope, saying that the speed's still there, and, you know, put him in a good position. He's done. He got... He got burned a couple of times in defense. He put, had some very bad reads that made Norfolk look very bad. But in attack, there was when they were mounting that comeback, there was three separate occasions he got the ball and really could have done something with it, but did nothing with it. And it's just it's such a shame because obviously a great player, but in his day, you know, had had a lot of game willing game winning potential about him, but not anymore. This is a different version of James Roberts now. I really want to see the Tigers now. Just again. Go to your young guys and see what you have there. Don't put Moses and by there next week. Try something else. Let's get one of the young guys from your reserve grades that you're high on. Throw them in there. Let's see what happens. Luke Brooks is getting outshined by Adam Dewey. Now, whether that's just Adam Brooks... Uh, sorry, Luke Brooks is... That's him. And he always needs to have the dominant six next to him. Okay, could be. But this is the future of your club that you've said for six years now. And we haven't seen it. So... Definitely want to see it there. I like that Jacob Little's getting monster minutes. To me, the four packs just not—it's just not performing enough for him to really get on the front foot and show what he does. So, just with the four pack, you know, Musgrove starting, McKelly coming off the bench again, kind of seeing. Let's get Stefano in that starting lineup. Let's give Tamo a really nice big forty-minute stint. Let's you know, let's let's try something different here. Let's put Twile up proper then. Put someone else at 13. Let's put Cheekham at 13. Let, let's let's try something. So from a Tigers side, you know, imagine Maguire would not be happy with that. They shouldn't have lost that game. That's one that they should never have lost. It's going to come back to Horn, I think, at the end of the season. And, you know, again, imagine Maguire has been one of these coaches that hasn't really pulled the trigger on mass changes this season. Not going to surprise me next week on the team sheets if we see a lot of changes. And, you know, even a guy like Norfolk who came back and played really well, got, got to try back. To me, I don't see anyone safe. The only guys I see safe is Daniel Laurie and uh, Adam Dewey. They're the only guys in this side I see as safe. Everyone else is on is on the block, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And for the Cowboys, again, you got a really, really nice start, but you let the Tigers come back way too easily. You even got the try, you know, you let in that one in the 79th minute to even make a contest off a flask kickoff, so... You know, my change is there. Maybe Lachlan Burst starting. I thought he played well when he came on. I want to see Ben Condon get a good run, a good extended run. You know, got Lolo and Maguire back next week, hopefully. So, look, there's signs there. Ben Hampton is your seven. Yuck, but he's, do- he's doing a job there. Nothing against Ben Hampton, but, you know, put him on a wing. Don't put him in the halfback position. This is, like I said, this before the season, this was two teams I had penciled in as the 15th and 16th place teams. From what I saw today, obviously the Dogs haven't got a win. I still have the dogs of, uh, hopes of the Dogs turning around more than these two teams. So, 
Look, it was to me, it was, in my eyes, it was a spoon battle. The Cowboys got up when they didn't deserve to get up. They had no right to get up, but credit to them. They played some expansive footy. You know, Drinkwater's try was a thing of beauty. Fido's try at the start was great. Condon, great run at the line. And Tuolangi, very opportunistic try. So they're, they're doing the job, the Cowboys. You know, they were on the back foot a lot. They all under pressure. They had Lola pull out midweek. So it was a good win to get. Moving on to the last game, one I don't really want to talk about, but let's get into it. The Parramatta Eels 12 were defeated by the St. George Illawarra Dragons 26 at Bankwest Stadium, a nearly packed out Bankwest Stadium, where I thought the Parramatta Eels would really burst on, solidify themselves as the premiership contender that everyone thought they were. Did not happen. The short and sweet from Parramatta, they just did not respect the ball when they had it. They tried to score on every play. Their, their attack looked discombobulated, you know, it took way too long for the halves to kind of stand up and really take the game on. I thought Gutho, for as much as I do love Gutho, really got his hand on the ball a bit too much. This is why I really wanted Dylan Brown to kick on in the first month of the season to really make it a three-headed attack. Right now, it's either Mitch or Clint, you know, a little sprinkle of Moses. Reed Miney has obviously had a great start of the season, but attacking in this one, there was probably a little bit too many of him going to try and create something from Dummy Half himself. And, you know, things like kicking early in the tackle count, Reed Miney on Dummy Half, Mitch Moses early, not enough of it in this game. Like I said, they just tried to power through the middle where it just didn't really happen, you know. Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard did not have great games like I thought they would, you know. I thought they would really get on the front foot and try and barrel the teams over like they have all season, but it didn't happen. Um, and again, you know, the the edge defense got stripped again, you know. Near Corey and Fergo on that edge, you know, they were playing really well, but they got caught out, especially in attack and defense. So, from a Parramatta perspective, you know, alarm bells aren't ringing, but I could definitely see teams now looking at this game plan and going, okay, we know how to kind of attack this Parramatta team. It, it's definitely going to remind me of when we versed the Panthers last year uh, at the back end of the season and they just really bullied us. And for the rest of the season, you saw every team really do it and they stripped us on the edges, bullied through the middle. And I saw a bit of that tonight. Paul Vaughan had a great game for the Dragons. I thought Alvaro played huge. Uh, all the guys through the middle, you know, Tarek on the edge played okay. Um, it was not a great game by the Dragons. It was, a, it was a very, very poor game from the Eels and a good game by the Dragons. Going on to the Dragons side... I thought Matt Dufty was great. I thought Zach Lomax was great. Clune and uh, Norman did their job. McCulloch, you know, you're just getting that service, you're getting those tackles. To me, it was just a great team performance by the Dragons. They got up early. Jack Bird and Dufty, you know, made it made it the 12-0 after 12 minutes. You know, they were running with the clock. I was saying it while I was watching with the guys today. Every time Paramount versus Rava Lava just looks like the best winger in the comp. I don't know what it is, whether it's just up against Sebo, he loves to, you know, get it in there, but just incredible the way we put every bomb up, you know, in defense, he reads everything, he gets the ball down. It's It was one of those games as a Parramatta fan, I was kind of waiting for this shoot to drop. I was waiting for a team to really aim up against Parramatta. Some of the things from Parramatta, again, you know, obviously Madison pulled out, um, just before the game started, a couple of days out. So obviously Papa Lee goes on an edge, which I think he's obviously much better throughout the middle. Bryce Cartwright playing 
no, thank you. I don't want, I don't want that. Let's, let's get someone else in there. Let's get another young, young forward, you know, the next Stefano. Let's get him in there and try and blood him. Keegan Hipgrave and Bryce Curran, I thought were solely going to be, you know, just injury backups. I don't want to see them playing. Bryce Curran, I don't think offered much at all. I don't want to see it there. Another one, Sean Lane, you know, no, no, no one, I don't hide my dislike in Sean Lane game the last two seasons really, really um, that much. So to me, I just, when Madison's back, I really want to see, let's try something else there. I don't, I don't really want to see uh, Sean Lane starting there at least. Let's put probably Eon on one edge, Madison on another edge, Sean Lane coming off the bench playing 45 minutes. That sounds a lot better to me than Sean Lane totally went on an edge. Just in attack, he just doesn't make the right reads. Like when the when the ball comes to him, you know he needs to get out earlier, hold on to it, whatever it is. Not looking for that offload. We just got to try something else here. So as a Parramatta fan, obviously very down on them. If I'm looking for some positives, honestly can't really see that many happening to be honest in this game. You know, Gutho was limping around a little bit. Moses limping around with a cork. This is a game I just want to I just want to file it away. Say it happened. You know, go back to the drawing board. Start again if I'm a Paramount fan and a Paramount supporter. From the Dragon side, this the last two weeks, the Knights game and the, and the Eels game is exactly what I thought the Dragons could be before the start of the season. This team that, you know, has a lot of potential upside. The players, you know, just on the outer that, you know, you know, a Jack Bird coming in, for, um, you know, uh, Daniel Alvaro, a Blake Laurie who got injured in this game. Just Trent Merritt, you know, still running around. Couple of players that you know play very interesting styles of footy. You know, very uncharacteristic. You know, can throw a late offload, hit those weird lines. That's what this Dragons team's all about to me. You know, Adam Clune coming in. You know, a guy who shouldn't really work, but you know, does the job while Ben Hunt's not there. You know, Andrew McCulloch. That was uh, Hooks. You know, first thing is let's get rid of McInnes and bring in McCulloch. You know, it's going to work. And right now, you know, McInnes is injured and McCulloch is leading this side around the park very, very well. So. Look, it was a good game by the Dragons. Don't get me wrong, but the Eels lost this game, in my opinion. Dragons definitely ran with it. But this is, a, I guess, closing statements. Parramatta, you know, we took the loss there. We're still, I think we're going to be fifth now. Dragons overtook us on four and against. We're still in the eight. Got to get some wins together now. Regroup here. We've got the Raiders next week. Got to aim up there. You know, we may not get the win, but got to really aim up and show a different performance than what we did here. The Dragons, you're beating the lower sides. You've taken two scalps there in the Knights and the Eels in back-to-back weeks here. You've got to keep the momentum going. When Ben Hunt, if you can, if Ben Hunt's another month away, you can squeeze another two wins here. All of a sudden, you're looking very, very nice there. So, Dragon fans are always aware of starting, starting strong, finishing weak. I think this is a different Dragons team. The way they showed aggression today, I think Zach Lomax is having a great season. To me, this is all about building and moving forward. And that will do it for the round five uh, review, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with our TLT podcast uh, a bit later in the week. And we'll also have our five-week Supercoach check-in. Just really looking at uh, some of the buys and sells that we've seen. What what do we see continuing? What do we see changing? And doing a bit of a, a bit of a draft show about looking back in our one. Looking back at the, at the draft. A bit of a recap in the first couple of rounds. Some of the steals of the draft doing a bit of content there so gonna have another at least two podcasts for you this week gonna try and give a bit more love to the 
the later in the week podcast schedule. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great day and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.